As the only Latina on the South Side, I'm ready to call out any tricks that the Rules Committee will, will pull to try to sneak their map into law. Welcome to the Cloutcast. I'm Erin Hegarty, and I'll be your host today. Well, we've made it to February, and through arguably one of the longest months of the year in Chicago. And as of this recording, and probably by the time this episode of the Cloutcast gets to your ears, the Chicago City Council still has not yet voted on a new ward map, meaning we're now more than two months past the critical December 1st deadline for voting on new ward boundaries, and inching even closer to the possibility of the map being chosen by voters via referendum. Leaders of the City Council Latino Caucus and the Aldermanic Black Caucus are still at loggerheads over where and even how to draw ward boundaries. But this week, I wanted to talk with one of the aldermen leading the charge for the Latino Caucus-backed coalition map. Silvana Tabaris is the alderman of the 23rd Ward, located on the city's southwest side, and the vice chair of the City Council Latino Caucus. In her leadership role with the caucus, Tabaris has been vocal about the need to increase the number of majority Latino wards in the city. She has also helped propose a set of protocols for the actual map drawing process. I spent some time last week talking with Tabaris about how the remap is going, what new boundaries could mean for her 23rd ward, her leading of the charge last year to oppose Mayor Lori Lightfoot's vaccine mandate for city workers, and legislation she has planned for 2022. Let's get to it. So today we have with us uh, 23rd Ward Alderman Silvana Tabaris. Uh, Welcome to the Cloudcast. Hi, Erin. Thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. Looking yeah. forward to having a conversation with you. Yeah, me too. And hopefully by the time this airs, uh, all of the side streets are cloud and, and we're not so snowy anymore. But <laughs> yes. hopefully no more snow. Um, so one reason I wanted to talk with you now is, you know, you're the vice chair of the city council's Latino caucus. And in that role and as the city's remap process is kind of heated up and and dragged on to now more than, you know, two months past that critical December 1st deadline, you've become obviously a a leader and a strong proponent of the coalition map, which is backed by most of the Latino caucus and a few other aldermen. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the process the caucus and other aldermen went through in drawing that map proposal, and maybe also talk a little bit about why you believe, you know, this is the best map proposal before the city council right now. No, yeah. So as as a caucus from the very beginning, you know, we were not going to stand for any tricks and we were we were going to let the numbers speak for themselves. And you know, you've been following this since the summer back in July when we as a caucus called for a fair map that follows the data and that gives all of Chicagoans a voice. And part of the process that what we've done with the map is that, you know, we've we've engaged with community groups, we engaged with stakeholders from all corners of the city. You know, we we welcome that input. And because it's so important to to be engaged and have that dialogue with our community. And we've been doing that since the summer. And another thing that, you know, we've done, the coalition members is, you know, we've, we've engaged with our colleagues, as well as, as the aldermen 
of which we share the borders. And and the process, Erin, it's been it's been open, it's been transparent. I mean, in August when the census data was released, we've been following the data and and we have been the caucus has been guided by the data. And we want to work collaboratively with all 50 aldermen so that we can draw a fair and um, a map that's representative of all minority communities. You know, another thing that, that we've done that I really want to mention is, you know, we've given, we've given our electronic data and our map files to uh, the Rules Committee Council, you know, Mike Casper, and we've introduced our map six weeks before the December first deadline. You mentioned, you know, we've been, it's been a couple of months already since December 1st. You know, you mentioned that earlier. And I, I really want to stress the importance of how the, the members of the coalition map, we've, we've introduced our map six weeks before the December 1st, because, because Aaron, we know that these, these, these backroom deals that happen in the 11th hour and, and unfortunately, you know, many, many of the aldermen felt the census numbers put their political clout in jeopardy and they've engaged in these same old backroom shenanigans that we see too often in our city in our city and so that's that's the coalition map um, that's the process that we've done you know making sure that all communities are fairly represented respect the boundaries it doesn't divide communities the Garfield Ridge neighborhood that I that I live and represent, um, is now represented by two aldermen as opposed to three currently. Um, Marquette Park uh, gets its own ward, and and Logan Square comes from is now in two wards as opposed to three. So the coalition members we're united. We're not gonna let others dictate how our map should look like, and the members of the coalition we're not just Latino. You know, it's we have uh, Alderman Beal and Alderman Hopkins, um, and we're going to work to make sure that the data dictates the boundaries when it comes to the new map for city council. Um, from, from the standpoint of your leadership role in the Latino caucus, why is it important that the city adopt a new ward map that includes, you know, the at least 15 majority Latino wards as opposed to, I don't know, I guess any other, you know, proposal, 14, say, that would be represented in the um, rules committee map? Well, you know, when you look at how, that's a very good question, Erin, because when you look at how the Latino community has grown over the past 10 years and how the Latino community was shortchanged a decade ago during the last remap, we should have more seats at the table. So we're long overdue to be fairly represented. You know, we left a ward on the table during the last remap. And so the data is what is driving the discussion um, with this remap. And, and that's our guiding point is, is that we should have a map that is based on the data. Since 1990, the black population has decreased and the Latino and Asian population has increased. Take a look at the latest census data. It's 29% Black, 30% Latino. I mean, 30, 29% identify as Black. Let me rephrase that. 30% identify as Latino. And right now, 
in the first time in the history of the city of Chicago, we put forward the first Asian ward. So what I'm trying to say is that Blacks are not the largest minority population anymore. Because like I said, in the census data, 30% of Chicagoans identify as Latina, as Latino. So Latinos make up over a third of Chicago's population. There are 50 aldermen in the city council and 15 seats are less than a third. So it's only fair that Latino residents have the same representation as any other resident of our city. And that is the biggest strength that all caucus and coalition members have brought is our dedication to be transparent. And as you know, Aaron, you know, covering stories in the city council, I'm the only Latina on, on the South side. And there's only two of us in the city council, you know, Alderman uh, Rosano Rodriguez Sanchez on the North side. But as the only Latina on the South side, I'm ready to call out any tricks that the rules committee will will pull to try to sneak their map into law. And we've called for more openness, like Sunday, <laughs> that letter um, that Michelle Har- uh, Chairman Michelle Harris sent to us about having a meeting on Sunday where you were there and, you know, she wanted to have the meeting and, and we asked for it to be live streamed. We asked it to be public. We want the public to hear how we do, we conduct our work with the map. So, and, and with that, you know, I, I just really want to give a shout out to our chairman of the Latino caucus, Alderman Gil Villegas, because he, um, his leadership for respecting every community in the city. And not only that, but he's, he's supporting and empowering the very few women on this city council while championing a fair and transparent coalition map. So um, I appreciate his leadership and I, I appreciate the leadership of the caucus for standing up for our community. And I am a woman who represents a minority ward And I'm very proud of the voice we have given to this very important issue. Going off of that, um, you specifically, what strengths do you think you bring to those discussions? I mean, I know we've seen a lot of them kind of break into arguments over process. But what, what do you bring to that discussion? Specifically, I guess, in your own caucus and... Um, to the city council as a whole. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, some of the things that um, that we've brought, like in the during this whole remapping process, is you know, not too long ago, earlier in the new year, we've um, put forward some recommended protocols, you know, in the hopes that you know, I wrote a letter to Chairman Harris, um, the Rules Committee. Uh, of some recommended protocols in the hopes that it would advance our efforts in the map room because we've been collectively in the map room 50 times collectively as a, as a coalition and we're willing to go back in the map room. We just want to understand Chairman Harris's expectations. But we drafted a list of protocols to discuss how to conduct our work in the map room so that we can see, so that we can make progress on that work. And unfortunately, there was pushback to make the letters even into the public record. And we didn't get any commitment to res- in, in writing to the draft protocols. Um, I mean, I, I, you, you were covering it and, and you heard, you know, we were trying to request a discussion on, on, you know, requesting a discussion on equity to ensure equity and fairness should not be controversial. 
But in that public hearing, many were clenching their pearls because the subject was raised, you know, and, and those of us requesting the discussion felt it was warranted because of the disrespect we have been subject to in the map room by colleagues and, and rules committee staff. So, you know, we're ready to compromise and, and work and cooperatively with them. So um, that was one of the things that um, I personally did, uh, you know, with, with the coalition is, is put forward those um, recommended draft protocols. Yeah, that was an, an interesting meeting. I, I think I got kind of confused myself about like what the discussion was on when it was just like, can we just accept this as part of the record when most of the public had already seen copies of the letter? Anyways, I don't know. It was correct. <laughs> correct. One of those, yeah. those times where you zoom out and think like, what what is actually being discussed here? But um, that's the way... Yes. That's the way it works. <laughs> um, getting a bit more local here and kind of zooming in, um, how does this remap affect your 23rd ward specifically? And, you know, what's changing about the ward? What's different? What's even the same from, you know, a, a decade ago? And how does this... Um... So so 10 years ago, the, the 23rd ward was sliced and diced to shed portions of the ward to 13th Ward Alderman Quinn and 14th Ward Alderman Burke. And in this remap process, we discovered that it was happening again. We discovered an effort you know, by the drafters of the city map to map me out completely of the 23rd Ward and move it five miles east, placing me in the 14th Ward with Alderman Ed Burke. So if I wanted to run for Alderman in 2023 in the next municipal election, I would have to run against Alderman Ed Burke or or move or move to the newly drafted 23rd Ward. So this happened, you know, during the Thanksgiving holiday, right up against the December 1st deadline. Um, and, you know, it, again, in the 11th hour, um, they thought that they could just draw some of us out of our wards in order to protect you know, their political insider friends. So it, it appeared as though they wanted to take away, you know, the Latino voices elected to represent our city's growing Latino community. And they thought that they had the power to erase, you know, a Latina, Latina voice. But, and like I said earlier, there's only two of us in the city council. They thought that maybe no one would notice, but they were mistaken. And as it stands now, uh, 13th Ward Alderman Quinn is attempting to take Midway Airport out of the 23rd Ward and the 23rd Ward Yard, where my superintendent has his office, and place it into the 13th Ward. Hmm. So, so you have, you know, you have some aldermen who are huddled in the back room with Mike Madigan's attorney, Mike Casper, to draw a map based on fake math and, and political gamemanship at the expense of growing minority communities. So I, I really want to stress that, you know, the coalition, we've worked in an open process to draft a map that's founded on fairness, transparency, statistics. And, and to get back to your point with, with the 23rd Ward specifically, because the biggest difference from 10 years ago is that now I'm the alderman. And we have a, a Latino caucus that's not going to stand for the old guard dictating 
how our communities are going to be sliced and diced. You know, I, I'm not going to roll over and let them split up the Southwest side, you know, like they did 10 years ago. I'm not going to let that happen. What I'm hearing from residents is that they want to be back into the 23rd Ward. So I'm, I'm, I'm working to advocate on their behalf. And I guess while we're on that topic, can you tell us a little bit about the 23rd Ward? Every ward is unique, but what sets the 23rd Ward um, apart from other wards, I guess, across the city? And, you know, what are the biggest needs and, and issues facing residents um, in your ward? The, the, the 23rd Ward is, is home to many city workers and especially first responders. Um, we're in the outskirts of the city. We border the suburbs. Um, many, many residents buy their first homes here. They start their families. Um, like I said, we border the suburbs. So that places a, a greater burden on our small businesses, um, especially when the city wants to pass mandates or extra taxes. Um, like the plastic bag surge charge at our grocery stores. Like everywhere in the city, we're seeing these small businesses struggling. And our office works closely with our chambers, like the Garfield Ridge Chamber of Commerce, to support our small businesses, um, make sure they have the resources. And, you know, we're working to attract and revitalize uh, main corridors like Archer Avenue and Cicero uh, Avenue, which surrounds Midway Airport. Very interesting about the 23rd Ward is that we have a strong transportation hub, like in Midway Airport and the Stevenson Expressway to our to our north. Um, we're also working with DCASE, uh, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, to bring more public art to the ward, which has never been done before. And I would say what makes the 23rd Ward different is that we're one of the few areas left in Chicago with a strong middle class. Um, it's very blue collar. We have a strong community of Latinos and Eastern Europeans, and our parishes are very strong, and they are, they are filled to, to capacity every Sunday morning you know, for church. Something else that I want to add to that is that the issues here are like most places in Chicago. The number one issue is crime. What I hear from residents in the 23rd Ward is that they're fed up with our mayor. They're fed up with our state's attorney. The residents in, in, in the 23rd Ward feel that the city council doesn't support our police. They feel that criminals are more emboldened than ever before. And they're tired that their um, taxes go up and their quality of life doesn't seem to improve. Those are issues that I hear from residents in the 23rd Ward. Related to that and something that you touched on earlier in that, um, you were one of several aldermen who took a pretty strong stance against Mayor Lori Lightfoot's vaccine mandate um, last year which requires that all city workers, including first responders, uh, you know, be vaccinated against COVID-19. Can you talk a little bit about that effort and just, you know, recap why that was important for the 23rd Ward and also, you know, other wards and other residents throughout the city? You know, I introduced that ordinance to repeal the, the mayor's 
uh, vaccine mandate because my number one issue with the vaccine mandate is that I felt it was an issue that should be subject to collective bargaining. I mean, that's why we have labor agreements for a reason. And I really believe that the mayor overstepped her her power in the way she went about this mandate. Um, there was no oversight as in how this was going to be implemented or managed. The city council wasn't engaged. And I felt that we didn't have a process to ensure that there was you know, some um, type of contingency plan in place. I mean, I mean, we still don't know how it's playing out because um, in terms of like medical and religious exemptions, you know, how are they being granted? You know, I'm hearing that 99% of the Chicago Police Department exemptions have been denied. And so the, the mayor, she passed this mandate during a public safety crisis. I mean, we're in a time of skyrocketing crime and this and the city has the has the inability to to recruit new first new police, new police officers. And so this mandate, the vaccine mandate that the mayor did only throws fuel to the fire. So fortunately, a judge stepped in and and put a halt to her plan, you know, in firing every worker not in compliance on January 1st. But mm-hmm. but I believe that when your house is burning down, you don't focus on the leaky roof. And the mayor is going to have to answer to that in due time and answer to to to, to the residents next year in, in the election because she's going to have to answer for her public safety record. That that's that's th- those are the reasons why I introduced this ordinance and really want to thank the aldermen who supported it and who voted against it when we held this special city council meeting um, because there's a group of us, of aldermen, who are standing up for our first responders and standing up for public safety, and we're not going away. Yeah, I'm interested to see how what 2022 brings, I guess, even just as far as, as the pandemic goes and what restrictions will be peeled back and implemented but hopefully we are yes in some sort of clear yeah and now I wanted to talk a little bit about how you got into you know office as alderman so while you've been a member of the city council since I believe 2018 is that correct that is correct 2018 yes prior to that uh, I served in the Illinois General Assembly okay can you speak a little bit about the differences, if there are any, when it comes to, you know, being in the Illinois House first serving in the Chicago City Council? Is it elected office is elected office or yeah, what what's different? Sure, about sure. You know, the the so I served in the legislature as Illinois State Representative of the twenty first district from twenty thirteen to twenty eighteen, about five years. And I've been serving as alderman since 2018, so almost four years. And I would say the biggest difference between serving in the legislature and the city council is the responsibilities outside the chambers. Uh, No offense to my former colleagues in Springfield, but there isn't a whole lot that a legislature can do for somebody except for introducing and voting on legislation. 
you know, a, an Illinois state representative can get you a, a garbage can. <laughs> um, and, you know, with the city council, there are constituent services that are the most important aspects of the job. That's what I see. Uh, we deal with permits, with sanitation, with forestry, public safety, um, business development, zoning. You know, as an alderman, you're really in the trenches working with residents, solving problems. And so um, I, I, I enjoy being alderman. It's an honor it's to, to serve as alderman uh, of the 23rd Ward. Um, I'm very humbled to, to serve in this position. Prior to um, pursuing public office, I worked as a reporter for a extra bilingual community newspaper. Um, it, it folded, but it was based in uh, Humble Park on the north side. And it was there where I really began, just like you, Aaron, diving into <laughs> issues facing the state, um, the city, and our Latino community. And so um, back in 2011, during the last legislative redistricting, uh, an opportunity arose to run for an open seat here on the southwest side, and, and I took it. Um, you know, I was raised by a single mom, um, raised on the southwest side. Uh, my mom worked double shifts to send me to Catholic school and eventually to college. You know, she worked hard, but she never had a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. But she worked to put me in a position to have that seat now. So I'm going to use it to make sure that people like my mom and and hardworking families throughout our city have a voice. And and that's the real reason why I got into public office and and that's, that's what I see on the line during this remap process. Kind of just a few more questions here. Um, anything big for 2022 legislation-wise or, I don't know, projects mm-hmm. in your ward? I know you mentioned um, bringing, you know, murals to, to the 23rd ward, but uh, yes. anything yes. else that you can force yeah, on that? Yeah, you know, um, there are some viaducts in our ward Um, that we're trying to clean up and power wash and paint and add some murals to it. But I I think the number one issue facing the city is crime. And without getting too much into details now, um, I I do want to say that I'll be working with, you know, my, some of my colleagues on addressing the the CPD staffing issue Mm -hmm. and, and working to empower our police officers with more flexibility and, and support so that they can do their jobs. Um, Additionally, Aaron, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if more efforts to bring transparency and accountability come to the city council, especially since the rules committee's activities lately have um, started to show the public how the sausage is made. (laughs) <laughs> and would that be, I don't know, an ordinance, a resolution, or? Yes, you will see. There is more to come, so stay tuned. <laughs> but can't can't wait for the rest of the winter and, and the spring and summer, I guess. <laughs> this episode of The Cloutcast was produced by me, Aaron Hegarty, and edited by Alex Nitkin. We'll have another episode of The Cloutcast ready for your listening ears in two weeks.